A frightening beast is rising on the world scene today. It cannot be compared to any beast we have ever seen before. Learn how this terrifying world superpower will afflict all mankind, except those who obey God. Next, on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. Herbert W. Armstrong wrote a book on who or what is the prophetic beast. And that's, of course, about an empire that is emerging on the world scene right now, this very moment, as I speak to you. And it's one of the most evil empires this earth will have ever seen up to this point, the most evil. It is a very dangerous empire in this world, and it's just about to burst on the world scene. So what, what do we need to know about this empire, and why is it, with it having so much in the Bible about this beast, this prophetic beast, why don't we hear more about it? I don't hear ministers discussing this, but it is for this end time right now. It has been hidden for years, and because they have a past they don't want to uh, publicize, for sure, they don't want to do that. But this is a mystery to this world, and if you look at uh, these uh, four world-ruling beasts that are discussed in Daniel chapters 2 and 7 and Revelation 13 and 17 chapters, it's all about a dream that Daniel had or a vision that he had about this, these four world-ruling beasts or kingdoms that rule the world. The first one was like that of a lion. The second one was like a bear. And the third one was like a leopard. That was uh, the Alexander the Great. And he died in a drunken stupor at the age of around 30 years old. And so his, his empire was broken into four divisions, or four heads. And so that makes a total of six heads, and then came the Roman Empire. It is the seventh head, but the fourth world-ruling empire. And it's uh, like no empire before it. The fourth beast embodies all the power of the other three beasts. All that power in one great Roman Empire power. And there's no beast on earth. There's no beast on earth that they can use to compare this fourth beast with. Not one. Uh, the other three can, can be, be compared to certain beasts, but not this one. It is different, and it is more powerful, and it so embodies so much that you can't even find an animal to compare it to. It has ten horns. This fourth beast, and we'll see more about that in a moment, but uh, it, it's really already on the world scene. They're just waiting for a strong leader to come and take charge of it, but it is something that every one of us needs to understand. It's critical to uh, get this message out to the world. If you look at Revelation 13 and verse 1, let's look at that. It tells us about this beast. 
And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads. There are four world-ruling beasts, but it has seven heads. And uh, it had ten horns, or those ten horns that are ten resurrections of the Roman Empire. And uh, his horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads the name Blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and seat and great authority. So here's this Satan has fierce power that he gives to this great beast, this fierce beast, ferocious beast. It, so it has seven heads and ten horns, or ten resurrections. That uh, and and we're just about. Well, we're already experiencing the tenth, and it's almost totally here. And uh, we'll see it perhaps this year, or next year, or maybe a third year. But it's coming very soon. You can see it just by following uh, what's happening in world news. Notice Daniel 7 and verse 15, it says, Daniel was grieved in, in my spirit, in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. The visions of my head troubled me. So it ought to trouble us too, but he saw all this in a vision, and now we're seeing a, a, a tenth resurrection of this Roman Empire, and, and we can see it in reality right before our eyes. And it ought to trouble us even more than it did Daniel in that respect. Verse 17, These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. You can find all that in your history books, but you're not going to find the uh, truth that you need from those history books. You're going to have to find it in the Bible and let the Bible interpret itself and show you about these four world-ruling empires. And the king, when it talks about a king or kingdom, it's, they're used interchangeably. It's talking about uh, this, these great uh, beasts, as they're called in most cases. But look at verse 18 of Daniel chapter 7. Verse 18, it says, But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Now, that's, that's astonishing. That's an astonishing job that God gives His people. And they are obviously people that have had to be prepared to rule with Christ over the entire world, the entire kingdom ruling the world, which is uh, Jesus Christ sitting on the throne of David, and He shares that throne with His first fruits or with His bride. So we're, we have to now be preparing to fulfill that amazing responsibility, just mind-staggering responsibility. So today we're to be preparing to do this enormous responsibility. Here we had in those uh, four kingdoms, we had the Nebuchadnezzar and the Chaldean Empire, and we had the Medo-Persian Empire. And then we had the uh, Greco-Macedonian Empire and the Roman Empire, and all of that's in your history books, your secular history books. It's also in the Bible, 
And it all is building just before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And He is going to conclude all of this, and He's going to destroy the tenth horn talked about earlier. So Daniel lived at the time of that beast, but here it continues right on up to the second coming of Jesus Christ, and it's a powerful, powerful beast. And when Daniel talks about these things, if you look at Daniel 12 and verses 4 and 9, you'll see that Daniel is only for this end time and nothing else. That is, for the really the ninth and tenth horns of the Roman Empire, which become the Holy Roman Empire, the last seven do. But the ninth and tenth horns of the Roman Empire we see right here in the end time. Those are the prophecies for this end time, but the main focus is on the last one, because that's when Jesus Christ returns and when all the very vile deeds are conducted and they happen in this world. So people need to know and understand this. God wants us to understand these prophecies. You have the prophecy, really, this prophetic beast focuses on the Roman Empire and all and those resurrections. Just the Roman Empire and and let me tell you here what happens. I want to read you a portion of what Herbert Armstrong wrote about this. Here's what he said. And the fourth kingdom, which developing from Rome, spread out and gradually absorbed one after another of these four divisions of Alexander's. Alexander the Great, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, was the Roman Empire, 31 B.C. to A.D. 476. Now in 476 it was wounded, it looks like it was going to be dead forever, but then it had ten resurrections. Ten resurrections. And the, the wounded Roman Empire came back to life and carried right on down to the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's over 2,000 years that Roman Empire has domineered this world, and it's about to do it again to a large degree. It's about to do it again, but it, let me continue with this quote. It had absorbed all the others, occupied all their territory, was greater and stronger than, than all. It included all the royal splendor of ancient Babylon, thus having the head, the strongest part of the lion. It had all the massiveness and numerically powerful army of the Persian Empire, symbolized by the legs, the most powerful part of the bear. It was the greatest war-making machine the world had ever seen. And it also possessed the swiftness, the cunning, the cruelty of Alexander's army, symbolized by the leopard. And thus this fourth beast was unlike any wild beast of the earth. It was stronger, greater, more terrible than any. Daniel's fourth beast, the Roman Empire, had absorbed and therefore included the three beasts before it. So there you have it. The, there's nothing like it. There's never been anything like it. And there's never been anything like the tenth one that you're seeing on the world scene already, and they're just waiting for a strong leader to take control. The power is already there. 
But this is a dreadful beast. All of the uh, military might of those first three world-ruling empires are contained in the Roman Empire. It was powerful, and it's getting very powerful in this end time. So how can you even describe it? Because there's no animal you can compare it to. The fourth beast was wounded, and then we have the ten horns, and the last seven of those horns are ruled by a woman, it says, which is a symbol of a church. So you have a great false church and the state combined, and it's called the Holy Roman Empire. Now that's all in your history books. You can, you can read it there. It's, it, it, it's there. But it's also in the Bible, and God explains what it all means to us. This is the most significant prophecy you'll ever read about in your Bible. And it's going to show you how this, this uh, climax is going to be in, in uh, the turbulent world we're living in today. And it is ugly indeed, like nothing we've ever seen before. Never seen it anything like it before. So you had the Mussolini and Hitler axis, which was that ninth horn, or you could say the... Uh, sixth head, it's all the same, but we're talking about here about the ninth horn. Make sure that we understand this is all coming out of the Roman Empire. And the tenth one, of course, is, uh, is going to end it all, and we need to uh, be aware of that. I want to read to you just uh, a little bit about uh, the focus of this, uh, this prophetic uh, understanding that, uh, is so important to us now. Verse 10 of Revelation 17, And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short space. So here we have the last two horns of the ten horns resurrected from the Roman Empire. We have the last, also the last seven horns of the ten horns. We have that. And it's not really complicated because you also have the last heads of the Holy Roman Empire. And it's, it's all the same thing. And you just have to use a little math here to understand this. And it's not complicated, but our booklets will explain it in detail and make it very clear to you. And everybody needs to understand this prophecy. Everybody needs to understand it. It's that important to what's going to happen in the future. So uh, it's called the uh, seven heads of the Holy Roman Empire because there's a big change there when you unite the false church and the uh, beast power. And that's all explained in our booklet on the uh, Holy Roman Empire. You really need to understand how this is understood and how we can understand it. This, uh, in a a fellow minister I had in the past who is no longer in the, the same church that I'm in, but he said that Mr. Armstrong uncovered this and this prophecy, this uh, wonderful prophecy that, that I'm talking to you about that we really, really need to understand. As I said, one of the most uh, amazing prophecies in the, uh, in the Bible. And it is the prophetic beast that we're talking about. That's how 
it's labeled in the Bible. Mr. Armstrong didn't uncover anything. This is one of the most important prophecies in all the Bible, and God said someone would be on the scene through whom God could reveal it. So, this is a Mr. Armstrong certainly agreed with that. No man can uncover anything like this. This is a prophecy that comes from the mind of God. It doesn't come from the mind of man except as God reveals it to him. That's the only way. God sent Herbert W. Armstrong to be here at the very time when all of this was fulfilled. And after I had read what this minister had said about it, and I uh, woke up the next morning and I thought, there's something really missing here. And he, he had a good understanding about this uh, prophecy that I'm talking about. But he left God out of the picture. He, he had a good, pretty good understanding of the prophetic beast, but he left God out of the picture and lost the real true meaning of what he had once learned. That was a real crisis, but only God can reveal these amazing prophecies like this. It simply cannot be understood by men otherwise. This minister and some others developed much of what they taught, and now they, of course, are not doing any work at all because God is not going to nurture any church or any work if they don't let God guide them and let God reveal His truth to them and not try to reveal it themselves. So here we're, we're talking about this uh, work that has come and the, the one that is. And then it says, there is one that is not yet come, but now it has come. It is here. The tenth horn is here. And you can see it. And it's all right out there in the, for people to see if they're willing to see it. And God has been prophesying this for well over 2,000 years. It's, a, it's a, an amazing nutshell, this, this verse 10 is, because it gives you really a, a, the whole of end-time prophecy just in that one verse. I think perhaps there's no more important verse in the Bible than this one. Certainly that's true in Bible prophecy. You can't just stumble onto something like this. This is something that God has to reveal to us. We must have this revealed to us. Now, I'll tell you, the, uh, if you look at this, these last two horns, about really the prophetic beast, these last two horns are really combined of more than the previous eight horns. That is where the real focus is, is on the end when you see the, the conclusion to this great Roman Empire forever, God says. It's the heart of all Bible prophecy in the Bible, and it's ready to just thunder onto the world scene. The It has now come. That's what God wants us to understand. Notice verse 17 of Revelation 13, And no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. 
Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred and sixty-six. Well, that's an easier way to express it. Why don't we hear more about it? They're, they're going to force a mark on people, and if you uh, don't receive that mark, you don't get a job. You don't, you're not able to make a living. It's a very, very difficult time. Mr. Armstrong goes on to talk about that here. I'll quote just a little more of what he says in this, Who or what is the prophetic beast? Just a short quote. One, the beast has a number and may be identified if we have wisdom by this number. We are told to count the number, that is, add it up, counting the cost, count the numbers. This number, 666, is a number of the beast. The only Bible interpretation of this symbol, beast, is a kingdom or the king who rules it and therefore really is the kingdom. It tells you about that. So, therefore, 666 must be the number of the kingdom or government. And you can add up the numbers, and I won't have time to do all of this, but this is, this is phenomenal understanding of Bible prophecy. The name of the beast, or the number of his name, makes plain that the number 666 is the number and the name of the kingdom or empire. And then number 6, he says, the expression, it is the number of a man, shows we must also count this number in the name of the king or ruler over the kingdom identified as the beast. So we can prove all this. You can prove it. The name of the kingdom, also its founder, the first king, and each man in that kingdom you can count to exactly 666 if you look at the numbers in that name. And that is the name of the kingdom. It'll add up to 666 in numbers. The founder of, or the first king will add up to 666, and each man in that kingdom, what each man is called, adds up to 666. Now that's explained very thoroughly in our booklet on the uh, prophetic beast. But you see, God tells us here that uh, we have to believe God. We have to believe what He says. And then we begin to, He will begin to reveal these amazing prophecies to us. These prophecies that, that are just fundamental to our biblical understanding of prophecy and a lot of other things as well. See, Satan has all that power that it says in Revelation 13 verse 4 that they worship the dragon. They worship the dragon, and that's where they get all of this power that they have. And people don't understand how powerful Satan the devil is. They worship the devil. And then, of course, it goes on to talk about a combination or combining of the church and state. And all of that power comes from that, and yet the world is deceived about this prophecy. They don't understand it. Just imagine how deceived these people are when they think they're following God and they're worshiping the devil. That's how deceived these people are, and the whole world is deceived by Satan the devil. That's what we need to understand. But think about the conclusion to all this. God is going to turn this, all this over to His saints who get this message out to the world and do God's work. He's going to give them the most 
awesome reward you've ever even heard of. And thank God we understand that. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. What is the mysterious mark of the beast? Request who or what is the prophetic beast to learn God's answer, which is easily proven from your Bible. Also request which day is the Christian Sabbath and Germany and the Holy Roman Empire. Order now. The preceding program was a paid presentation of the Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.